Hey there, this is Katie Brinkley, and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. This podcast is all about helping Colorado-based small business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals discover the strategies and systems that take their marketing to all new heights. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back, everyone. My guest today on this week's episode is Scott Perry. Scott has known the lure of entrepreneurship his whole life. His father, a builder, often had Scott in tow on job sites and in his office. Scott credits this experience informing his beliefs that there are many types of geniuses among us and how important small business owners are to the fabric that weaves together our communities. After years in the corporate world, he returned to his entrepreneurial roots. Now as a business broker and business coach, he relishes helping fellow business owners with the challenges of running a business and getting the most they can from their businesses when they decide it's time for them to move on to other areas of interest in their life. Scott, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm really glad to be here. Well, let's start back at the beginning. Tell us a little bit where you grew up. You and I have had a brief conversation off air about Michigan. So tell us all about Michigan and life with life growing up there. Yeah, so I grew up in Michigan. My dad was a builder, as you mentioned. Uh, and it, I kind of, ha- I'm from, born in 76, so I'll give you an idea of my age. I'm 43 now. But at the time, I was the oops or mistake baby in the in the house. So my mom was really eager to get back to work. And uh, my dad, the deal was, all right, I'm going to have this baby. You, you got to move your office back into the house, and I'm going to go back to work. So I was really raised with my dad in the home instead of a mom in the home, uh, which is a little bit non-traditional for that generation. Not as much now, but back then uh, it definitely was. So my dad had his office there. I spent a lot of time hanging with him in his office, going with him in his car to go to the job sites, uh, really getting to know the guys, you know, the plumbers, the excavators, the electricians. And I grew up with them and I grew up in that world. I grew up in the small business world and I, I just... I always, to me, they were geniuses with what they could do with how they could wire a house or, you know, how they could dig a basement. And I just was in awe. And as I got older and got educated, I I never discounted, you know, that, yeah, education, formal education is important. And it's important for definitely for certain segments of our population. But there's a lot of a lot of things people can do to contribute to our economy. And it requires a lot of different training and education. You know, it's not one size fits all. So I'm a big fan. I, I saw the struggles firsthand with these guys who were really good at doing a craft, but maybe not as good at running a business, you know, and there's, and there are different things and different skill sets required for doing that. Um, but that didn't mean that they weren't intelligent and really providing valuable service to us. So I've always had a soft spot in my heart for the, the small business owners because that's who I grew up with. And, uh, and that stayed with me th- to this day. Can you take us through your career journey, where you started out and the different professional stops that you had along the way? Sure. So I, um, I was an undergrad when I decided to start my first business. And I was going to school at Western Michigan University at the time, was walking by a construction site, and the smells just took me home. And I was just like, you know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to set up a, a business that my parents can have for retirement. So I went back and I built a self-storage business. I didn't have any money nor did my parents. Yeah, <laughs> we're struggling small business owners. And uh, it really, um, I learned, I went through many banks and many rejections to I finally found a lender who was willing to bet on me and, you know, this college kid with no money to build a, a business that to this day we are still owners of. And it, my parents are now in their mid-70s and 
they still go to the shop even during this COVID-19 crisis and uh, they're still benefiting from the income from that business to this day. So it's very good. So that's where I started. That was a brownfield, meaning it was a contaminated site. And one of the reasons why I was able to, to do it because no one else was going to do it. And so I learned about cleaning up contaminated sites and repurposing them for uh, valuable assets in the community. And so then I became a, a, a brownfield redevelopment uh, professional. And that's where I went on and started doing I, And I focused on residential. And you can imagine Detroit has a lot of blight, you know, has a lot of, uh, you know, abandoned buildings and a lot of, you know, contaminated sites. So there was a lot of inventory out there. And I was one of the folks who started working on cleaning it up. So that's where I started doing that. You know, and it got me involved with building and uh, it got me involved with, you know, real estate. I was also a realtor at the time selling my own product. And I was doing that and going to school at the same time. It took me 11 years to finish my undergrad. So I'm not a doctor by any stretch, but I, I learned a lot. I would go to school and go back to work and just depending on where the demands of my time were. And it was when my first daughter was born, I was holding her in the hospital that night. I was one semester shy of my undergraduate degree. And I said, I looked at her and I said, you're never going to say you didn't get your college degree. So I went back, got my college degree, 11th year after high school, completed that. And, uh, and then I got the bug and went on and did my master's. About the time this was all happening, we started the Great Recession in Detroit. And as a developer, that was really impossible. So <laughs> you really, say, I'm sure that was next to impossible. <laughs> yeah. So um, I uh, ended my development career and I went corporate. That's when I went corporate. I had a young family just starting out and I needed to put food on the table. So I went and, and put, you know, got hired and, and became a turner, a business turnaround expert through my corporate experience. That's what I did. I worked with a company called McKinley. And my client, our clients at the time were Freddie Mac, Merrill Lynch, Lehman Brothers. So I was on the front lines of this catastrophic financial crisis and really got to learn uh, through that experience a lot about business fundamentals, uh, what it takes to turn a business around that's failing. And I took that, was doing my MBA, then went on and took, got my MBA. And through that, I was recruited out to Colorado, thankfully, and uh, to, turn around a, <laughs> to turn around a struggling software company in the mining space. I didn't know anything about software. I didn't know anything about the mining industry. My grandfather was a miner, but he died before I was born. So I didn't have any really connection to that space. And these people were like, what is this home builder going to do in our, you know, coming into our space with technology and mining and what's he going to be able to do? And fortunately, we were able to do really well. We turned around a really uh, struggling business, and uh, I ended up doing that around the world. Uh, it also led to another mining company and another technology space that I turned around. And I had done that for these other def defaulting portfolio uh, companies that they were funded in, during the Great Recession. And I was doing that now uh, for these companies in a different time. And Again, different industries, different experiences, but what I learned is business fundamentals from industry to industry are consistent. And you know, you're taking good care of your customers, taking good care of your team, really you know, making promises that you deliver on. If you're doing those things, you're gonna do okay. And that's really what uh, formed my, my belief that, again, 
there's so many geniuses out there in the world, as you mentioned there in the intro, you know, and a lot of them are stifled by, you know, bad leadership and bad cultures and what have you. And if you empower them and, and, and allow them to come forward, you can really un uncork a lot of success for your company. And that's what I learned. I then, uh, but I was traveling around the world all the time. I had three kids, my youngest son who has Down syndrome, and I was watching my kids grow up, but they were growing up in a, in a way without me being in their life. And that just was untenable for me. So I made the very painful decision to leave the corporate paycheck and come home. <laughs> so that's what I did. I made that transition and I wanted to figure out what to do. And so I looked around at buying a business and that's where I started. And I looked and I looked and I was really disappointed from, you know, I had a lot of experience in mergers and acquisitions um, doing what I was doing. And I was really disappointed to see how small business owners were being represented. So I decided through my wife's urging to go ahead and become a business broker and, you know, hopefully serve them in a level that I felt was more appropriate for them. So that's how I got to where I'm at today. Wow. And I mean, you started to throw out some really great advice there. And uh, if, you know, if someone is listening right now who is an aspiring or a new business owner, what is the single biggest piece of advice that you would want to give him or her as the, the journey starts? Being a small business owner, first of all, takes tremendous courage. And fear is the biggest impediment to people becoming a small business owner. And, you know, a lot of people think they can't do it. They, they know how to do one thing, but not all the other things that go into running a business. And what I have found and what I would say to these folks is, you know what? I used to think I was a small business owner. I had this external world crater my ability to run my business. And I felt like a failure. And I really took it hard. It was a real personal failure for me to, to have this, to just lose a dream that was really, really important to me. And I had this idea that these big corporations with all of the people they have on their payroll, obviously were infinitely smarter and better at running a business than the small business owners. So I went to work and learn from the corporate world. And, you know, I worked with board of directors for both public and private companies and CEOs for both public and private companies. And what I learned is, you know, we're all human. We all have the same level of intelligence within a range. We all have the same level of skill within a range. And the big businesses are not any smarter. They're not any more capable than us small business owners. They just have more people and they throw more money at stuff, but they make a lot of mistakes. They're not as innovative. They're, they don't use their money and resources as wisely as they need to because it's not gonna depend, it's not gonna affect their meal at home when they go home that week. So small business owners, the people, my advice to them is, you know what? You are as smart and as capable as anybody out there. Go out, take the risk, take desti your destiny in, in your control. And in the end, there are so many people out there who are resources and available to help you along the way. If you're not good at accounting, there are so many firms out there who specialize in helping small businesses with their accounting, you know, from payroll to, you know, the receivables and payables and all that stuff. They'll help you. And know, I and think so that forth. that brings up a really valid point. You know, there are so many other 
small businesses or businesses out there that one can help you or two, you know, they, they can offer you advice and, mm-hmm. and help you in that way. And there, there's no reason that as a small business, you need to do everything on your own. There mm-hmm. are you know, accountants out there. There's marketing people out there. There's so many right. other routes that you can go. If, if something's not your strong suit, don't be afraid to raise your hand and ask for help. Yes. And that's, you're, you're right, Katie. You know, so many people are, are, being a small business owner is an isolating experience for many. They feel they're, they have to do everything on their own. They wear all the hats. You've heard that. How, you know, how many hats in the kitchen is that chef wearing and what have you? So there's people who are helping you with the great marketing expertise, great accounting expertise, great you know, team management expertise, product expertise, you name it. There's people out there. And the more these small business owners open themselves up to getting help from people outside of their business, the more successful they often become. Absolutely. Um, you couldn't have said it better. Uh, I, that was uh, very well put. And I think that a lot of small businesses just need to realize why they're, they're in the business that they are. Is if they have a passion behind it. And there's no reason that they can't raise their hand and, and ask for help because they'll, they'll just end up being more su- successful. There is. I mean, LinkedIn's a great pro- platform for that, right? It's I mean, there's so many true. of us on that platform. We're out there making ourselves available, letting people know we're here to help. You know, and a lot of business, small business owners worry about the resources it's going to take to get that help, you know, and so they go, well, do I buy, do I pay this person to do that or do I pay an employee to do it and what have you? And that's often a big challenge. And look, I, what I learned, as I told you growing up, if I'm going to build a house, if I'm going to build a deck, you know, if I'm not a good carpenter, I'm going to hire a carpenter to build the deck. I can do the demolition. I can dig the hole in the earth where he can put the wood in, you know, but as far as the carpentry, I'm going to hire that expert, you know, and for small business owners, I think one of the greater challenges for them is saying, knowing, staying in their lane, do what they do well and what they don't do well, get help. Exactly. I mean, if you, if you could go back and do anything differently in your journey to where you are now, would you change Mm -hmm. anything? Is there any way that you would have, either left the corporate world sooner? Are there certain things that you would have asked for help on when you started your small business and entrepreneurial journey? Yes, got it. I could, I could write a book on that. Uh, but to, to answer your question, yeah, I, I would ask for help earlier and more often. You know, I, I'm always astonished when I do ask for help and I get that help. I always say to myself, why didn't I do this sooner? You know, I mean, you want to grow a business. You want to be successful. Now, every business owner has a different level, a different measurement for success. But ultimately, it's able to, it's to preserve your independence. It's to be, to be your boss, to have the control of your destiny, not to have the outside interfere and dictate what you can and cannot do on a daily basis. There are so many people who are dedicated to helping you realize that dream on a daily basis. Engage them. Talk to them. Reach out. Figure out who is best to help you and have them help you. And your business will benefit more often than not. Leaps and bounds. What does your model look like for finding and engaging and selling to your ideal clients and customers these days? Have you moved a lot more work online? Have you offered like webinars or anything? Or is business kind of business as usual for you? That's a good question. You know, one of the things when I, when I started this business was I wanted the ability to have flexibility of where I work. 
you know, and I wanted to be able to work from home a great deal of that time because I wanted to be around for my children. So that was an important piece. So I still do. I just work from home more now instead of going and meeting with clients um, or going to an, our offices or what have you. But yeah, so I am definitely working from home more. Um, but what a different world we live in today. Working from home and working remote is so much easier than it's ever been. And it's only getting easier. So, you know, as far as having to, you know, be on a plane or, you know, to, to go meet with people face to face, which is my preference, there are a lot of alternatives that are viable in this day and age, and we're being forced to learn them. I, for example, there's a client I have who um, is a, has a counseling business. And their counselors were very reticent to, to do remote service, provide their services via technology. They wanted to be face-to-face -face with that person. And there's a lot of value to be face-to-face, -face, no question. But what they have found through this crisis is they've had to pivot and had to provide these services through different platforms. And they're astonished with how effective they're being. And so that's gonna change their business model going forward. And what I have found, sorry, Katie, to ramble, but what I have found is the, during that, the businesses that I have sold in the last couple of years, the best ones survived the Great Recession, changed how they adapted, they adapted, they adapted their business model, they adapted what they did, they learned, they said, I don't wanna be in this situation, so they changed. And their businesses were beautiful and stronger as a result. So, you know, we often think of Darwin as survival of the fittest, but it's not. It's, it's those who adapt the best. And if you remain adaptile, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, it, that brings up a really strong point. I think that all small businesses right now are trying to pivot and yes. uh, change the way that they're doing their business online to, to more of an online platform. And they're being forced to uh, think of new ways. And this, I only see this benefiting in the long run because once we are all able to go out and get haircuts and go to a coffee shop and go to a restaurant, all these places are going to have things set up online to just hopefully they'll keep them active and they can just have another form of income coming in. Absolutely. And, you know, and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing restaurants who are finding ways to grow their takeout business, for example, like, I have a client who's was restaurant was 70% in dining and 30% takeout. He really ignored his takeout. Well, now he's forced to do 100% takeout. You know, I have another uh, client who owns a bar and they do live entertainment. So now they're providing live entertainment via the internet, you know, and I've suggested that they do a subscription model, maybe a dollar a month to participate in the trivia nights or a dollar a month to watch the shows on the on the Friday nights or what have you. That doesn't have to go away when we are able to return and go back to their business in person. They can be an, an, an additional revenue stream that's on there and that they're supporting. There's a lot of things that people will do to pivot and to change and adapt. And those who do will find a great success long term. What type of marketing have you found works best for your business? The best for us is doing anything through SEO, pay-per-click. The, the digital outreach is definitely uh, works best for us. And I think... What I've noticed, and I've been in many industries now over my career, is that that isn't going away. It shifts, you know, from month to month or year to year. What, what is more important? SEO, pay-per-click, Facebook ads, Instagram campaigns, brand ambassadors. You can continue to go on and on. But the new normal is definitely going to be digital. It is, it is digital. 
And so you better find companies that can support you in navigating and it's dynamic. You know, what happens is when the SEO, everyone starts putting all their resources in the SEO, that becomes harder and more expensive. So then people find that pay-per-click has become cheaper. So they go there. Well, the problem is everyone goes over there eventually and the SEO is now cheaper. So it's, it's an ever shifting dynamic and you have to be with people who can, you can't run your business a hundred percent focused on your business and focused on things like that. It is too much going on. It's changing too fast. You need experts who you can count on who can really focus and keep and, and help you guide you to the changes that are happening on a daily basis. Now, I know that you mentioned that you left the corporate world to spend more time at home and be more available for your family. And that's one passion that so many business and small businesses and entrepreneurs have is to build a business around their lifestyle, not the other way around. Correct. How has that played out in your story and approach to running your business? Well, it does. It's not, it's not easy, you know, like, uh, you know, my wife would, uh, before all this, she was traveling extensively for work. So, you know, I have three kids and I'd get the call from school and have to go pick up a sick kid. You know, that's hard. You know, I'm sorry, I need to run. My kid is sick and there's no one else. I need to go pick them up. So, you know, it, our lives are complicated and this is a complicated world we live in and that's not going to change. You know, for me though, my gratification comes from, I get to have a lot of say and when and where I'm at and what I'm doing. It's not dictated by somebody else. I'm able to participate and coach my kids in their sports, help them now, even as this, you know, with the homeschooling that we're all forced to do now, you know, my wife and I are tag teaming, you know, she, you know, she's doing a lot of it, you know, cause uh, her, her thing is shut down right now and I'm still <laughs> trying to keep moving forward. And, but I'm here when the kids need an extra hand, when they, the, more than one needs help, they're coming to see me and I can take the time out and help them out. And it's fantastic. I feel so grateful that I get to do that. And that's the thing I learned from my father. You know, I mean, he was able to take me with him into his office, take me with him in the car and the job sites. And I do the same thing with my kids and that just that being around that environment and seeing, you know, having that realizing, you know, you can do, you can work differently. You don't have to go to a, a, a retail store or an office building or something like that to get paid. It's so, it's so gratifying to be able to have you work on your terms, even though you're custom, you have to work. <laughs> it's not like you work less, you often work more, but at least you're in control of when and how you work. And I think that that brings up a good point of sometimes you do end up working more as a small business and entrepreneur, uh, different hours and having to, to try. How do you establish boundaries for your customers and clients? That's a great question, Katie. It's a tough thing. It, you know, it's an eternal struggle for a small business owner. You know, I think, you know, when you're, when you're in the corporate world, is the, the company politics dictate a lot of that pressure to be available, to be accessible, to be getting things done on the deadlines that they set. When you work for yourself, your customers replace that pressure and make sure that you are still doing what you need to do to make a living. Um, but, you know, when you're a small business owner, you are able to say to them, look, I'm only I'm not available at this time to this time. You have to make those hard choices about your work life balance and what works for you. You may want to be available on weekends, but if you're available on weekends, make sure you take a day or two off during the week every week. That is for you, because the hardest thing for a small business owner is self-care. You know, 
we we're so concerned about our business. We're so concerned about our families. We often come in last place when it comes to taking care of ourselves. And I'm as guilty of this as anybody. And, you know, so finding ways to block out time and say, you know, I'm really busy in the after, after 12 to 12 to six o'clock is when I'm the busiest. Okay. Well then before 12 o'clock, why don't you take a time from 10 to 11? That's your gym time or your run time or your bike time or your yoga time or what have you. You can force, you can control your schedule. So make, I'll make non-traditional times when less people are doing it and you can have more access to the stuff that helps you feel better to get through the day. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I definitely was one of the people that put myself last and I kept saying, oh, well, I don't have time for this or I don't have time to go to the gym. And I finally just had to be like, look, I, I still, I still matter. I, I, and I had to set out time in my schedule and be like, all right, well, these days I'm going to the gym or I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to go, that'll be my time to go have lunch with my mom. You know, so it's definitely one of the things I think a lot of small business owners do is because they're trying to gain clients, trying to gain customers and bring in the income because it's just yeah. you that you can count on. So right. uh, you, you got to keep yourself in mind with, with all of uh, your, your business decisions. Well, you know, and there's, there's three key core things that matter to a human's ability to maintain a lower than, lower than high stress level, which is your mental health, your physical health, and your financial health. And as a small business owner, what I do is each day, I make sure I, I do one thing that's for my mental health, at least, at least one thing for my physical health, and at least one thing for my financial health. And I feel at the end of the day, if I've at least done one thing in each of those categories, I'm better off than I was the day before, you know, and not to overwhelm yourself. I, absolutely. I think that's a, those three things are really important. And um, I'm actually going to make sure I write it down and try and <laughs> implement that in my own life. Yeah. What is, I would say that's some great advice right there. Mm -hmm. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received and how has it impacted your business or your life? I would say, you know, my father drilled into my head, never burn a bridge. And, you know, that, and if you want to change something, do it from the inside, not the outside. So those two things have really stuck with me. You know, over a career, you're going to encounter different, difficult buyers, customers, difficult bosses, difficult co-workers, difficult employees, and what have you. It's really hard not to burn bridges. And I work really hard not to burn bridges. And I'm not perfect. I'm a human. There's some, there's some bridges that I've torched along the way, but I really try to preserve them. And I often find that when you, you're surprised as, as you go through this journey, when you need help or you need something, a bridge that you would have wanted to burn years ago and you didn't becomes a valuable connection. So that's one. And the other one is, you know, it's easy to judge and just say, hey, you should do this, you should do this. But unless you're involved in, the, uh, in what they're doing and when their shoes, you know what, you're better off not to, just to keep your opinions to yourself. So I try to do those two things and it helps me not burn bridges. <laughs> and it helps me have a good network of, of resources that, you know, and I need them from time to time. It's always good to keep a good resource in your back pocket. Yeah, absolutely. Scott, this has been such a great conversation. Where can we find out more about you and your business online? Sure. Uh, my website is mycoloradobusinessbrokers.com. That's my business. Um, I'm here to, to be a resource for business owners. I can coach. 
I can help them as they decide to exit their business and sell their business. That's a real complicated process, but you know, as more than anything, I have a lot of experience. I've been, I've seen a lot of things in this world. I'm happy to be a resource to any small business owner who's looking for some help. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. As always, I'd love to hear from you. You can visit my website at www.nextstepsocialcommunications.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. Just look for Katie Brinkley. Let's keep taking your marketing to new heights.